set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. A Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. The NHL has a plan, and they're back with the plan. It's going to take a little bit. It's probably going to take another couple of months at least in order to see everything on the ice as far as an actual postseason and credit them for just expediting this thing, not leaving any fat left on the steak, trim it all out, go for the meat of it, which is the bread and butter of what they do, and that's provide high-level entertainment in the playoffs. Nobody's going to sit here and cry over... 15, 20 games of a regular season for the NHL. Not me. I I can't imagine there are many people with any type of platform, even in hockey first cities, that would be yelling and screaming, how dare they take away from us this amazing source of entertainment. The reality is that we all wait around for the NHL playoffs. The run to the cup. That's it. And thankfully, as we know, there'll be two hub cities And both sides will have 12 teams each. We'll talk about this coming up in five minutes. It does open up some questions because the game itself allows teams that are lower seeds to not only advance, unlike anything we'll see in the NBA really at all with 1-8, but go on and win a cup. So a lot of excitement in the air. Now it's like, all right, where's basketball? NFL we know is not doing anything different. And then here comes MLB still lagging. Now, I was listening this morning as I was rounding hole number six with the Bluetooth in my ear, and it must have been at the top of the previous hour, in because I had no idea, and this is why you tune into the Jake Asman Show, because you leave more informed than when you came in. I had no idea today was the anniversary of AOL. So while Jake told a very entertaining, informative story about his first email, we've all had paths that have crossed an AOL email. I put out on Twitter, at Shander Show, how many people do you know still use AOL? Wait until you hear. If you think this is just for the 75 and above crowd, you're in for a shock. Just like I was when now Gary Bettman's talking up a storm over the last two weeks. It's the second level. Beneath the surface, it's the second level presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. That's crazy. I put this out on Twitter because I heard Jake Asman, who, of course, is still there. Me and 99.9% of any uh, people in this business, your shift is over, you're out the door. But I love Jake for wanting to hang out and congregate and do some things that maybe it's a little easier to focus in work than it is at home. No knock there by any means. I love you for it. <laughs> Appreciate it. But see, here's the thing. I didn't realize that today was the anniversary of AOL. So based on you bringing it up earlier in your show, in the Jake Asman show, 9 to 11, Monday through Friday, Eastern time in the morning before me here, I threw it out there expecting people to say what I got early on was, 
my dad, you know, he's 74. I got that one. I got uh, one, my dad refuses to switch. My pop, still to this day, even caught them charging him the old monthly $20 for AOL service in the mid-2000s just to keep his email. It's just insane, all of the early ones. Then, all of a sudden, I got people coming in a little younger. Methyl ethyl at Joe T5252, my wife, who's 44. All right. Now a little younger. Sergio Martinez at Martinez2634, my wife, and she's 25. Now, that's your age group right there. That's your age range right there. You can't still tell, try and sell me that you have an AOL email account. I, I don't know how people still could use AOL emails. You know, it's just it's so outdated. It's not as easy to use as like a Gmail. Gmail is the way of the future. I mean, every, you do everything off. Uh, well, Google it's the way of the now. now. You, YouTube is in on Google now. You have, you know, obviously Zoom is a Google thing. Everything we do, Google Docs for rundowns, you know, Google Grids. Everything is Google. Everything revolves around Gmail. I don't know how anyone can still be using an AOL email at this point. At Allen under underscore M, 31 here, and still rocking one. Wow. Now, I will say this. I did see a great example, and I don't know if either of you are familiar with the great Jeff Rickard. He's all over SiriusXM and now is the program director up in Indy, 107.5 The Fan. So he tweets in every now and again, and this actually, he usually makes sense with his tweets, but this makes the most sense to me, but nobody else explained it this way. It makes the most sense as why you would still have an AOL email account. And before you go, real quick, I do need to bring something else up. Is I guess I need to thank you sarcastically for firing up Ron Culver today because now he's all pissed off for the two hours here after that back and forth in the World Cup idea in the NBA. So don't think that you're getting out of here without some sort of explanation as far as what the heck happened. But here's Rickard. Still use my original account for anything I need to sign up for and that I know will put me on a mailing list. Nothing personal, though. Well, I, I like that idea. I, I do, too. I, I do something similar, though. I, I, I use my friend's email just to mess with them a lot of times. It's you know, a little practical well, prank. You, know, you, you, guys, uh, you guys sound like you only have one email address. I have three. I don't. I how, do you have th- how do you have four? I don't even have a word. I can't even get a gal media account. I have account. four, but I only use, I really actively only use two. This is like and I have won't four. Give you ge- a Gal Media account, Aton. Okay, you know that's for the privileged few. I, have I college understand. email. We have the Gal Media email. I have college a email. email. How you're 25? You still have a college email? I, you need to move on. I'm just naming yeah. emails that I have. I, I I don't think I've opened the college email since I graduated. But you know, but you it, still know the password. No, I honestly, I I, okay, I don't so think I would. So it's gone now. You can't say you have a college email. All I know is because I can say I have a college email. Wh- it's somewhere out there. Cal State Northridge. So at CalStateNorthridge.edu. No, it wasn't even that, dude. You got to remember, I was in school a long time before you guys. Right. So my college email. No, not email, too long yeah, before me. Long, well, not too long before you. I got my first email address in 95. AOL? No. No, this was something more primitive than that. No, I imagine you probably had some sort of net that was just inside the college. Know. I don't even know what that was because I remember all I remember what the assignment was, and this was the assignment was to log on to your email address and send your teacher or uh, send our professor a, a note saying hi. Right, just to show that, that was, you could be that functional. That was the main assignment. And it wasn't as simple as just, like, oh, let me just type in my username and password, click, right. okay, here it is. You probably right. have six-year-olds that do uh, that now. Well, dude, he had to go through this, he had to go through that. I'm looking at my, so, yeah, I look at my kid, my, uh, I, have a, you know, two, I have three boys, but my nine-year-old, 
logs into his account at, for his uh, third grade class all the time. And he's just like, oh, yeah, here you go, Dad. Here's da, 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 da. I'm like, my God, look at you. Yeah, everybody sees all the kids are used to age. it. Well, that's the difference, though, is in college, we still – so I was in Gettysburg around 97 was my freshman year. So we had this net, and it was just the intranet, right, where it was just yeah. Gettysburg College. You had your own Gettysburg email address and everything. And I remember that it was still early on to where even the practices – for email weren't as advanced as it is now, meaning if you're on an email chain and somebody replies all, you just remove yourself or you mute it or you you move on, right? So I remember the president of the college at one point sent out an email, and my friend Jeff here in Philly, we went to school together, replied all with the Contra code. (laughs) Just that, up, up, down, down, left, right, right? And it was like an email chain for weeks. People were responding. How dare you? It was like a Twitter. It was early, pre-Twitter, and it was like some sort of Twitter thread where people were just arguing back and forth nonstop. Take me off this. Stop replying all. And then somebody else would reply all. And there was no way, since it was so old, that they could stop it until it just burned out. Nothing's worse than reply all guy. I mean, that's been a problem now since email has been invented, clearly. Because here in 2020, you still have people that do the old reply all. And you're like, you kidding me? We're still doing this? Like, you can individually re- respond to this person. <laughs> and we get happy birthday emails at this company, Aton. You're lucky you don't have a Cal Media email. I so, guess you're right. Sometimes it's like, happy birthday to so-and-so. We're great. Each person can individually contact that person instead of hitting reply all to see that you're wishing that yep. person a happy birthday. Kind of yeah. makes you feel bad when you don't respond. No, That's what I don't like about it. I just say I, you know, I never got it. Went to my spam, something like that. Now listen to this. Patrick Creighton weighs in. I still use an AOL email. Unlimited storage. Isn't Gmail like you really need to have to have a ton of is crap that, is that in your still inbox? A thing? What are you downloading so much like pornography there, Creighton? That you probably yeah. But here's the thing: on Gmail or something. You don't really need to download pornography anymore. It's just so readily available on sites. Well, he's still using yeah. an AOL email, so maybe he might not know that. That's true. You know what? That's that is a very very good point there. Now I know like there are certain people like our our illustrious boss. Uh, he still uses AOL, but that's because if he was to change it, there's too many people for him to contact. Okay, so now you're on to something as well because Rickard brought up Jeff Rickard at 107.5 in Indy brought up that he uses this for like retail and stuff that he knows he's going to get spammed. But my mom. Still, she's a doctor. She still uses AOL because she has clients. She has so many people that that are attached to that AOL that she's seen for years. So it's I can sympathize with that. I still question and, you know, I'm trying to get her to transfer over and she now has a Gmail. I don't even know if it's working, but has a Gmail. But that's a real thing where there are people who have had the email in a business or industry where you need to contact a lot of people routinely via that email that it's a pain in the butt to go through and just rework everything so i understand that yeah that would, be, that would get annoying real quick yeah that's why, that's why we all hold on to our, our, our cell phone number for way too long i still have a san diego cell phone even though um i mean i lived in san diego for 12 years but i've also lived in hawaii arizona and now i'm in texas but i still have a san diego area code it seems like a major hassle to change your phone number unless you're a big celebrity where you know you're getting hacked or your number yeah. gets leaked or you're jimmy butler just readily give it out you know well that could be too or you're espn and you blast uh, trevor bauer's phone number out in a uh, facetime on a korean broadcast then i think you got to change your number but for the most part yeah. i think it's cool for, it, 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 it's more of a nuisance to change your number then you're better off just keeping it 
Yeah, I, I agree. Have you ever mistakenly given anybody somebody's number, like mistake, like a buddy? You, you've ever mistakenly given maybe in the business or a friend or in some capacity, mistakenly given out a contact? Ooh, let me think. I don't, not off the top of my head, I can't think of Jake a does it to me that. every day. I give Ron the wrong guest. The statute gives, of limitations he gives, he gives has. Me, he gives me names and numbers all the time, and I'm like, are you sure about this one? Well, yeah, but see, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm, passing I, this, I'm putting this up on Reddit. Well, that's the thing. I was just about to say you could trust Ron Culver, but apparently not. Apparently you can't trust Ron with anything. I thought it was just bitter. the two hours with me. Now I see it's even before that. Well, no, I just I was curious. I, I did that one time where I was, was late and out at night and with a couple of friends and a couple – of other people that acquaintances, if you will, and one of the acquaintances asked for my friend Ryan's number, and I must have been lit because I mistakenly gave her Ryan Howard's number, and I just, this is, I don't know, two years after he got called up by the Phillies, so a long, long time ago, and that was probably the end of it. Like, it reminded me when you were saying Trevor Bauer, the cell phone getting out there. <laughs> I can't imagine, I apologize in, in retro, but the statute is definitely lifted for that. All right, let's look at this real quick, all right, because I, I know you have to get on and do a bunch of different work, and you need to be in this studio and building for the next two hours for your show tomorrow. <laughs> yes. But, and real quick, for anybody still paying attention, locked into the program, Jason Stark's going to join us in 18 minutes. That's going to be humongous. What happened? I like how you said that. If anyone's still listening <laughs> to the program after, you know, 20 minutes of nonsense. Well, here's the thing, right? The NHL, th this is a perfect representation. Like, the NHL comes out and everybody goes nuts, and I'm happy too. But we have to wait a while for hockey to come back. So that spurned the conversation between you two earlier this morning. And again, I was here I am, peaceful. I'm the only person on a golf course. The birds are chirping. The sun is up. There's a little humidity. It's a beautiful day. And in my ear, which I love, mind you, the conflict I love, I can't get enough of it. I'm like Phil Jackson, more of it. I hear Ron Culver berating Jake Asman over this World Cup idea to allow every single NBA player in and team into the playoffs. Am I wrong with that, Aton? Where do you stand on it? Because basically my whole point is I'm I think all you're... for adding a couple extra teams yeah. like what hockey's doing, but I don't need to see the 15 and 50 Golden State Warriors be rewarded with uh, you know a fake playoff that they're yeah. allowed to be in. I know, and, and that's where I, I was having trouble, and this is where Ron is really good, and I hate to admit it, but he really is good at this, is I really didn't know there was a moment to where he was pushing you and I didn't know if he had a smile on his face almost, and I hate to use a buzz term like trolling you, but almost pushing you, or if he really wanted to see Steph and Clay take fire and win the whole damn thing. Like, yes. I really didn't know at that point. <laughs> yes, I hate the Warriors. I really, really do. I'm a, I'm a Laker fan through and through. I can't stand the Warriors. Can't stand, I'm not a big fan of Seth, uh, Steph, Steph Curry. So keep I, him out of the playoffs. No, what do you want I want to see anarchy. All thirty teams make all the playoffs. thirty teams make the playoffs. It just what we what, what was the point of you know playing the first you know, four months of the season? Because this is a new in? season. This is a new era. Well, that's why you take do the something hockey radical. Approach. Ah, don't take the hockey approach. What you 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 will we don't need teams. hockey approach. A we new want... season. Wait a second. If you're going to put not a new season, we're just saying, hey, you know what? Let's do a round robin tournament. Let's do World Cup style tournament. All 30 teams, you guys get your chance. Okay, Why but not? If you do that, then you have to at least have it impact your draft position. 
You can't yes, be. No, you, you got you okay. to add some incentives to it. Okay, you can't be locked into the worst. No, 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 no. Because that's meeting and that's, first, and that's very important. I'm glad you brought that up because they haven't held the draft yet. They haven't really have they chosen ping pong balls yet. No, 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 yeah, no, they none of that. Any of that. Right. So it's a, it's up for grabs. All right. Now, hold on a second. I feel a little bit like Henry Clay here, the great <laughs> compromiser. Can we meet? Ron halfway by allowing all 30 teams, Jake, into this World Cup style event. If, in fact, the better you do, the more games you win, the more it's going to impact your draft status. Wouldn't you love to see the Warriors screw it up? Well, all they have to do is just stay home, and they're still the worst team in the NBA. Just a a few players have to stay home. If you look at the NBA standings, which I did during that segment, the only team that already has an E next to their name is the Warriors. I don't need to see them in. No, you need to see them in. Because if because if you have a healthy Steph, if you have a healthy Clay, Draymond, I'm assuming is healthy. Maybe not so right in the head. We'll see. That's that. That's an interesting element to it all. Because, I mean, the one thing that you want to try to, you always hope for in the World Cup is like, okay, I hope my team doesn't make it to the group of death. If you have the Warriors and you have some good Warrior players, you could potentially have a group of death. Right, you're not okay. wrong with that, but then you devalue everything that's been played to the, this point, which is why I think the compromise. Everything's been devalued. That's it, why you need the compromise. That's sweat. why. You everything's expand devalued. the playoffs, right? Damian Lillard says, oh, I'm not playing unless it means something. Well, you're the ninth seed. You're three and a half out of the, the West final seed. Let's make it so your couple extra teams do get in. You get to play for the right to be the final eight, like what hockey's doing. You know, they're basically. You know, well, now you're teams. adding another. Hold on a second, Shake. Now you're extending, expanding this whole thing, and you're adding another level to this. All we needed was I can't the. Keep up with all these levels. See, we go from the first level, the second level. The, now I don't know what the hell was going on. The, the group show's going to be called the eighth level by the time we're done today. <laughs> yes, it'll just be called the Ocho, and probably more representative <laughs> of what's on the air anyway. All right, I appreciate you, man, for clearing up some things. And also, the AOL tweets are still coming in. We need you to weigh in as well so we can retweet it. We have everybody else here weighing in so far on this. When was the last time you sent an AOL email? Oh, we're talking probably 2010, 2011. I mean, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. It's where it began for me. My my internet career, it began on AOL. I will always be appreciative of AOL. That you got mail will always be an iconic thing that I'll, I'll think back to in my life. But it's been quite a while since I actually have used an AOL email. Well, Jake, I appreciate you bringing that up. And since you're here, we thought we would at least break some bread with you and talk about that topic as it's getting a ton of reaction on Twitter at Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. We're live on Twitch as well. The NHL is back, but you're going to have to wait. And also something new today from the CDC that might impact fans in the stands next on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. All right, so the NHL is back. What does it mean for Major League Baseball? We'll talk to Jason Stark coming up in nine minutes. So what you really have to understand with the NHL plan is the two hub cities, wherever they may be, I know it's narrowed down, will host the 24 teams split into 12. And the top four will play against each other, and it will be more so to get your legs ready and really moving in that regard. At the same time, 
you are going to have the bottom teams fight to get in this thing and have a chance to be racing for the cup. So everybody's excited right now, and rightfully so, because there is at least something tangible we can point to and say, you see, the NHL is coming back. But even in their announcement, the NHL.com announcement that came out, there is a TBD next to that third and final phrase, or phase, pardon me, but the phrase of returning. Uh, I know it's like, uh, I think it's a color, or maybe it's just a number. But that third and final movement that needs to happen is still TBD because there is a range of date. But even that second where everybody is back on the ice, practicing, moving through it, everybody is doing enough to prepare for preseason games, in this case those skate-around games for the top four, the bottom 12, you look at the opportunity now if you're, let's say, the Flyers here or any team above them in that one group of 12, the top four teams, and you can play as hard as you want. You could treat it like preseason. It's not truly going to impact outside of who you play, but you're not going to have to travel anywhere. It's not going to be a long road trip, anything along those lines. And guys are going to be mainly as healthy as they were from a bone break or sprain type standpoint, but from an in shape standpoint everybody's going to be on that same playing field and have the same opportunity to go out there and skate but we still need to wait that second phase is labeled somewhere no earlier than the start of july so if the second phase which is just people returning essential people coming back essential people that are trainers to coaches to players anybody in the rink as far as training and preparing for games That can't start no earlier than the beginning of July. We know we have at least another month. I would think three weeks as early as humanly possible, and then probably a month. So August makes sense. And now, if you look at it, and we'll get into this with Jason Starr coming up in two minutes, but, sorry, six minutes, but baseball now has two things on the calendar. Baseball has their own deadline, self-imposed deadline of beginning at the start of July, and knowing now that hockey could come around as early as the end of July, which really limits the amount of runway you have to take off and be the, the lone star of the show. It really does. You don't have as much room anymore to work with on stage. You've kind of been narrowed down. It's not here yet. But all signs are pointing to a full-on return for the NHL. Now, one thing that we'll get into in the second hour and mention a little bit coming up next, of course, with Stark. But based off everything that's happened over the weekend, all of the different partying and people out and about and easier restrictions, even down to indoor restaurants, depending on where you are around the country. Restrictions have been lifted. Not all, but some have, depending on where you are. And even in stricter areas, like in the Northeast, we see restrictions, some, being lifted. So now, as we kind of look around, how can you not, unless there is a major setback, and that's what a country like Sweden, for example, is doing now, is trying to get herd immunity to prevent any type of second wave to where their neighbor, Finland, is probably going to have to go back indoors. Now, that's their theory. That's their working model. But 
here we're kind of looking around like, all right, everything is moving towards being outdoors, being indoors, even being in areas where if your temperature is cleared and you're socially distanced, you don't even need to wear a mask. If you're in a restaurant with air conditioned and you've been tested coming in, even if you're asymptomatic, the likelihood of that being socially distanced, the air being moved around, of you being a transmitter or a carrier becomes less and less. So it only stands to reason that not only will the NHL be back around that time, but fans would probably be allowed in stadiums around that time. So baseball is really stuck right now if they don't get this thing going. And it's not a good sign when Marcus Stroman of the Mets comes out and says the 2020 season is, quote, not looking promising. Well, we'll see what Jason Stark, always the optimist in Jason Stark. We'll see what he has to say coming up next. It's the second level. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. So a lot to get to because... It looks like the NHL has their plan in action. We've been talking about the back and forth between the owners in Major League Baseball and the players from safety to money now, it seems like, for a couple of weeks. So maybe there's enough of a catalyst with the NHL's plan in action and rumors of the NBA and even the NFL moving on with no real changes. What does that mean for baseball? Also, reaction to... Marcus Stroman's comments of the Mets saying the 2020 season not looking promising. So, Jason, I build you as the eternal optimist because every time <laughs> you and I have ever had a chance to have a conversation in real life or on the phone, you always present a positive side to a story, especially when it comes to a, a miserable day or week or stretch for the Phillies. So, as always, Jason Stark, the great Jason Stark, at Jason ST on Twitter. Thank you so much for the time. Hopefully everything is well with you and yours. Hey, Tom, doing well. Let you, my friend. Everything is great, man. What, what do you, let's, let, let's start in reverse. What do you make, because we've been talking, I know you have been trying to figure out as much as possible about both sides and tents and when this thing can get done. But you see Marcus Stroman come out and say the 2020 season is not looking promising. That seems to be pretty sharp as far as opinion on this thing not actually happening, where everything else, Jason, seemed to be like, it's going to happen, it's just taking a while. I mean, well, there's no progress. There's no momentum. <laughs> there's no real reason for optimism other than, like common sense would tell you, they can't be crazy enough to drive their sport off a cliff, right? That's what I keep reminding myself. Oh. But, there, you know, we're no closer to a deal today than we were yesterday. We're no closer than we were two months ago. And, you know, I just find this whole thing to be uh, way too unnecessary, way too much public noise, uh, stirring up way too much discontent among fans and players and both sides. They'd be well served to... to quiet this down and just get it done as opposed to making so much noise and heading in the opposite direction. But yesterday, 
didn't advance the ball one bit, like so many different things that have been run in this negotiation. What happened? Where do you pinpoint where this thing had an opportunity to get done and fell off the rails to where we are now? Well, I don't know that it ever had an opportunity to get done. Hmm. You know, what you would have liked to have seen if these two sides starting these negotiations by saying something like, these are extraordinary times. Uh, they're going to call for both sides to sacrifice in the sense of common purpose because we to play baseball and then start with that. But that has never been where we've been. Uh, Two months ago, they made an agreement. Two months later, they can't even agree on what they agreed on. I don't think that's a good sign, but many of us agree. Yeah, I, that is insane. And I wonder if it didn't feel like it, as much as you lay out the, the stalemate and how things haven't really progressed, it never really felt like baseball wouldn't be a reality this year. It almost felt inevitable that at some point they would play. But I imagine that... There's probably a number of games in the owners' minds that if they hit, it doesn't make sense, right? Like 60 games or 50 games to where it may not even make sense to have a season. You know, that's a really interesting question. When I've asked it, I've always gotten the sense that there will play however many games it's possible to play, whether that's 80, 100, 60, 50, whatever it is. If it leads to a postseason, the postseason is where the money is. And so it's more important to them to play than not play. You have to keep that in mind. But, we, you know, we've been hearing these days, uh, spring training 2.0 start in early to June. Season kicks up July 4th. Those dates were never poured into any kind of concrete. They're movable. And if they have to move, I think they still can move. If they're not movable, then just do the math. We're five days away from June 1st. So th- this is not a time for the kind of game playing that we're seeing. But this is just not a very functional working relationship right now between these two. Jason Stark joining us, senior baseball writer at The Athletic Everywhere, MLB Network. You can see him all over the place, hear him, and read him at theathletic.com slash MLB. How much of this, and it may not be any of it, but I am curious in your opinion, Jason, how much of this do you think is still posturing to try and win a short-term battle of PR and maybe some leverage that the owners still have? element of that. You know, I've covered a lot of labor talks, I'm sad to say, (laughs) and they all start like this, every one of them, with extreme positions that are never going to be where the solution is. And so, you know, I try to remind myself to ignore the play-by-play because it's not productive. It always looks bad until it's not. And so what yesterday was designed to do this sliding pace scale was just Rob Manfred serving the ball into Tony Clark. And now it's time for the union to respond with some kind of idea. And then we see how the union responds and we see how the owners react. 
I think then we'll have a much better feel for whether there's a real chance of a solution or whether this all was just a PR war. And if it was, it's a war that neither side can win. Do you think that there's any outside pressure that both sides would realize and maybe have some sort of catalyst to have them work a deal out like the NHL's tangible plan or the NBA right around the corner? Oh, yeah. Outside pressure is the single biggest reason to think there will be a deal. The the NHL, by the way, the NHL Players Union, run by fear, used to run the baseball players. Yes. <laughs> so I never thought I was yearning for the good old days of Don Fear running the union, <laughs> but that, that's out there. So the NHL is going to get a deal. The right. NBA, you know, you know, will figure it out. These sports seeing fairly calmly toward a So you've got that. That really ramps up the pressure. And you've got public pressure. That's going to come from two places, three places. It's going to come from people like you and me, the media. It's going to come from fans who get increasingly irate. And I guarantee you it will start coming from politicians. What's the over-under date for the first presidential tweet on this? It's coming up. I, yeah, I would say if you gave me seven and a half days, I'd take the under and run with it. If you gave me four and a half days, Jason, I'd take the under and run with it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and, you know, when you just think about how how hot the heat is going to be. I, I don't feel like it's possible to ignore that heat. I, you know, no. I was around when they... When they canceled the World Series in 1994, I covered that. Uh, this would be worse. That was bad, but there was no pandemic going on then. There weren't 15 people unemployed then. To be toned up to the point where you would not play baseball because of money at a time like this would be disastrous. Well, that's really what it will come down to. Let's just push this worst-case hypothetical through here real quick, Jason, and that's there's no season. Neither of the sides can bend or budge at all, and it's just, that's it, stalemate, no season. It, it will be very difficult, and I'm asking, I would imagine it would be very difficult for either side to turn back and blame it on the pandemic as opposed to just money. Well, I mean, there was a scenario where they didn't get a deal done because of money, but then announced they couldn't get a deal done because the health and safety concerns were too great to overcome. How they could explain that the sports are going to overcome them and not them, I right. don't know. Right. But there, there, there was that possibility. But if it's clear to everybody this broke down over a month, I don't know how much damage control could possibly done be done to avert the kind of blowback Buddy would get. Uh, I, I don't, you know, as I said, I covered cancellation of the World Series in 1994. Baseball, in many ways, never recovered. Look, they've made plenty of money since then. They've found ways to ring the cash register. But baseball never occupied the same place in the American culture after that moment. This would be worse. So they cannot let that happen. Is there a way, Jason, and I'll appeal to your creativity with the sport, is there a way that instead of trying to race and rush and force a square peg into a round hole, which may be 82 games, they look at it and say, the year is a wash, but we can do something. We can create a 
World Cup-type uh, round-robin. We can create a tournament, a World Baseball-type tournament. We can be creative with presenting the product, still make some money because people are playing, and ultimately crown a champion even though it's not a traditional World Series champion. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was struggling a little bit towards the end there. That's fine. I do wonder, though, if that could be the case. Because we see this with the NHL right now, where they're doing something drastically different than what they've done year in and year out. And it would take, I mean, think about it. If it's going to be that serious, where you have Marcus Stroman doubting if there is a season, and you have Jason Stark saying, this is now a realistic possibility because no progress at all has been made. Maybe the goal should be moved up. Maybe instead of this lofty goal of, I'm going to run for president and win it, it's like, uh, why don't you start with your class president first? Why don't you win class president for your senior year in high school, and then we'll talk about politics and moving down the line. You know, you can't make the varsity team when you're in seventh grade. You have to move, and you have to eventually grow into it. So I do wonder if that could be a reality where Major League Baseball scraps the idea of trying to race for this one target for 82 games and instead, or 81 games, whatever it may be, and instead says, let's just create this tournament. Let's create something that is brand new. It doesn't have to be lasting. It doesn't have to be anything moving forward. It's just something that we have, which is a unique and different way, because we're in unique and different times, to present the product. But you're still going to have people out there, players out there. You're going to be making some money. And at that point, you can look at the finances and try to specifically pinpoint how much a guy would make, depending on how many games they play. At Shander Show, again, thanks to Jason Stark. The phone line was a little spotty there at the end, but you can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason ST, the athletic MLB network everywhere. We'll wrap the hour next on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. I might preempt a story that Ron has for fake news about a Brazilian hotel, as we'll open up the next hour. Hopefully not. because no, that... I don't. Nice. I, I don't have anything in Brazil today. Nice. I did Bolivia yesterday. You did so Bolivia, I, so you're I'm, out of I'm, South I'm, America. I'm out of South America today. Gotcha. Now, Jason Stark, you hear this a lot, people, especially radio hosts. We always say this about people who have a couple of minutes to join us. Oh, great guy. Love him. You know, one of the nicest people. J- Jason Stark is the nicest person you'll ever meet. And I know this because I'll give you a prime example. My second ever radio job was host- co-hosting and being a producer of an afternoon drive show up in Princeton, New Jersey. We were technically in Philly with air quotes, but really, I mean, the station and the signal died, you know, right like at the start of the city of Philadelphia. We just had a ESPN brand there. So I was doing a show, and one of the hosts on the show 
Dan Schwartzman, a guy I've known forever. He actually was the PD and brought me up there from Atlantic City. We had a show, the Jason Stark Show, I think it was every Wednesday night or Thursday night, at a local sports bar here in the area called Chickies and Pete's. And this was in Bordentown, New Jersey. So Schwartzman is just as annoying as I am, probably a little more. And he'll probably tell you I'm a little more. The two of us, were, you know, I'd sit there and I'd make sure that nobody would get up to the table and stuff because people want to talk to Jason, ask him questions, interviews. And Jason was so nice, he would talk to everybody. But we had to keep people away at some point. So after the show, you know, we'd get dinner because they'd comp us. And Jason would stay, hang with us, and just talk baseball with two of the most, you know, I'm 25 years old, so I'm just hanging out. Oh, yeah, what about this? What about this? Schwartzman's 26. He's doing the same thing. Two snot-nosed punks that are in their mid-20s who think they know the world about radio are sitting there picking Stark's brain, and Jason was so patient, so nice, and would just hang with us every week. He didn't have to. We did plenty of shows with people who would just pick up and go. And say, all right, hey, thanks for the time. Uh, you know, I'll see you next week. Make sure the check clears. Now, I'm sure everybody, including Jason, want to make sure the check clears. But I'll never forget that. And I'll always be indebted to him because just because you do a show, Ron will tell you, just because you're on the air with somebody doesn't mean you have to like them. That's why he barely listens to these two hours. At Shander Show, at Ron Colbert. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Second hour is going to begin with Something in Brazil that's MMA-themed, and it ain't a fight. Also, what the NFL has to teach us about hockey. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second-level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. you got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. A Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. So, at some point this year, I'm... Expected to be married. Looks like the fourth day of September as we pushed it back from July. No problem there. Much easier to do it then. And I imagine at some point I'll be going on a honeymoon, right? That's what you do. You get married, you go on a honeymoon, then you come back, and then life begins. I can promise you that we're not going to this adult-themed hotel in Brazil and I'm sure it's not the only adult-themed hotel that has different types of suites that exist in the world, so it's not like I'd have to truly fly to Brazil to find different types of rooms, but maybe for this specific room. Now, I know there are plenty of fans of UFC, MMA out there throughout the world, and Brazil is a hot spot for that sport, recognizably so. But I do feel like you would have to really have a supporting significant other, like truly supportive significant other in this to push through and have your honeymoon or even a weekend getaway at the MMA octagon-themed suite at this adult motel in Brazil. It's an MMA-themed room for role-playing couples. It even includes a training dummy on top of a full octagon bed. And the bed itself 
is round, like a circle, like an octagon, but it also has the cage up there as well. So if you want the true realism of what it's like to be in the octagon, except in this case you're on a bed, you can go through with the MMA suite at this hotel. Three reasons why even give you to rent the suite. I don't know how much I can get through on this because we're still technically on in the morning here. The MMA suite is a true copy of the Octagon with a sensational bed inside the ring. The couple can really imagine themselves in that environment and let their imagination blossom. Is that really where you want to go and spend your honeymoon? Is it an Octagon? Wouldn't you be better served just going to a fight? Beneath the surface, it's the second level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. I am certain that depending on which team you root for, you can find some element of this package that you might prefer to be done differently. But we believe we have constructed an overall plan that includes all teams that as a practical matter might have had a chance of qualifying for the playoffs when the season was paused. And this plan will produce a worthy Stanley Cup champion who will have run the postseason gauntlet that is unique to the NHL. Boy, you talk about a heavy contrast of sound that you just heard right now. We come back, technically Ron Culver comes back, with one of the most recognizable arena songs in existence. And no, House of Pain didn't make that song 20 years ago, it feels like, for sports arenas, but it's been adapted now as one like a major jock jam to where you hear it once a night at any stadium, any game you go to, especially if there's a big moment. And then here comes... The opposite of inspiring. Like, the NHL has a plan to return. The NHL is the first. They beat the NBA. Of course they beat Major League Baseball. You heard Jason Stark 30 minutes ago. MLB can't get out of its own way. NFL is not even involved in this conversation. They can't be. They don't have to be because nothing is pushing them either way. They're good in August. They're good in September. But the NHL, it was a huge day for the NHL. And I, don't, I just don't know what it is because it's going to sound and turn into a spiral of me just bashing Bettman. It's not. I just felt like if you come out on the day with your plan and you know it's going to be met overall with positive reception, who cares about detractors? Who cares? I mean, that's like the real-life equivalent of the egg account with 32 followers that's been on the site for 10 years and is like a third burner account for somebody that they're just doing that to troll the troll who cares you can't please everybody we know you can't please everybody but the idea is that now you have a day that you can point to you've got a month that you can point to and we at least have something in our head that's conceivable about a real starting date and nothing changes so 
The NHL is not back on the ice before the NBA or MLB. The NHL is not playing games before MLB or the NBA. The only thing that the NHL truly did first is present a plan of action. And that, in its own right, is how sad of a state of affairs we're in with Major League Baseball. That Major League Baseball is almost doing this to a fault. You almost have to ask yourself, how are you lacking so much self-awareness? And one thing Jason Stark said with us was the outside pressure. Talked about that, threw it to him as far as how much of what Gary Bettman's plan, now tangible plan, is going to move MLB's owners, going to move the players into saying, we got to get something done. And Jason said, that's the last remaining hope right now. I mean, we really have one final bag, if you will, to go to. We have one final long shot. It's a Hail Mary. Now, luckily, we've got, like, Doug Flutie dropping back. Is there a more modern example that I can use of the Hail Mary? Is there? Uh, can I go Cordell Stewart, Michael Westbrook? See, I don't think that's as famous. Tebow! Oh, jeez. That wasn't a Hail Mary in the playoffs against the Steelers. That yes. was a quick slant. It was divine intervention, though. Okay, that's different than a Hail Mary, all right? You could pray for something to happen. It could be like people prayed for the miracle at the Meadowlands to happen, and look what happened. You know, Herm Edwards scoops the ball up and scores. There has to be a better, more modern example of the Hail Mary than going back to Doug Flutie. That can't be. It's like the, what's that crazy music? Why am I blanking on the guy, the English guy? Benny Hill, right? Can't we update that song? Like, isn't there a more modern song that is synonymous with just wackiness and ridiculousness and craziness? You hear that Benny Hill theme, and it's like, all right, man, that thing's been around forever. Can't we update it? Like, I should be able to give an example of a Hail Mary and not have to go back to Doug Flutie. And I still don't think that the Westbrook and Stewart one is big enough. Is that it? Is that all we have, Ron? Really? Two? Come on. There has to be one that we're missing. Most famous Hail Marys of all time. Now, we'd have to get something more recent. Uh, let's see. You got uh, Brett Favre's. Which one was that? Oh, no, no. It was, well, it wasn't really a Hail Mary. That one was a pass. Uh, how about Rogers to Rogers? Aaron Rodgers to... Was it Robbie Rodgers or... Now, see, I have a list of a ton right here. Tennessee, Florida. All right, so let's look at this. College. Is there any college that comes to mind in... I mean, some of these are coming in, like, you know, right before the first half. So I don't count that. And do we really want to go back to, you know, 2000? versus, you know, Northwestern versus Minnesota. I, I feel like in the NFL, oh, yeah, here we go. How about the, the Minnesota miracle? Does that count as a Hail Mary? Probably not, no, right? That was a bust. That was a bad pass. Broken I, play. A traditional Hail Mary isn't a traditional Hail Mary. It's got to make it to the end zone or maybe like when Aaron Rodgers threw to oh God, Jeff Janis. Aaron Rodgers threw to Robbie Rodgers. I think, that, I think his first name is well, Robbie. Wait, wait, what game are you talking about? Because I have, oh, wait, you're talking about the Uh, 2015 game against the Lions. 
There was one after that in the next round where he threw one 41 yards to Jeff Janis. I thought the Aaron Rodgers to Robbie Rodgers was a bigger. Richard Rodgers. Richard Rodgers. 66-yard pass. Yeah, I thought that was a big one. Didn't that win like a Monday Night Football game or something? This was last second to last play of the game. Green Bay, pardon me, Green Bay completed a number of lateral passes until Aaron Rodgers was brought down with no time left. However, a penalty was called against the Lions, Devin Taylor, for a face mask on Rodgers. That's Packers right. were yep. given 15 yards, additional play. And then during that play, Rodgers evaded three Lions pass rushers for eight seconds before throwing a 66-yard pass to the four Packers receivers and tight end Richard Rodgers, former Eagle as well. Rodgers caught the pass. Packers win. Packers win. The miracle in Motown. It was Rodgers' first successful Hail Mary pass. Okay, that's it. Now, that I think that can replace Doug Flutie. Is that fair? Yes. Are you okay with this? Because if not, okay then all right, we're going to have to spend five more minutes on this. I like it. I think that would be it. The miracle in Motown. So that's it. Going back to the original point that I was making, this is the last Hail Mary miracle in Motown that MLB has right now to play, which is if we truly want to start things when we said we did at the start of July and not look to be made even more foolish, we better get something done. Now, 20 minutes I'll explain as we'll go back to something brought up in the show previous to me and Jake Asman about, and it really got Ron hot here, about the World Cup idea with the NBA. There is something that can be applied. Major League Baseball just needs to be creative and stop with the intricacies and difficulties of how hard it will be to work out the finances of some new or unique tournament that they can draw up when we've seen the NHL go through international borders in order to bring people back in a safe manner. The NHL and the NBA are going to make the MLB look stupid if MLB can't get it together and tries to put it all on the coronavirus, tries to blame the pandemic. Do you know how ridiculous Major League Baseball is going to look in August when the MLB is just out of the picture? Major League Baseball is out of the picture. Here you have the NBA and hockey in full swing, and you actually have preseason football with half of the stadium full. How are they going to turn around and successfully blame that on the pandemic? Well, see, folks, we tried. Both sides tried, but... It was just not worth the risk. It just wasn't safe enough. And as I can feel it, it's like one of these movies, right, where somebody is talking. It's like you can see it in your head right now. The screen is showing a full or like 65% full capacity NFL stadium for a preseason game up in Green Bay. And all you hear is an owner in MLB coming out saying, look, We really tried to get this thing together. We really tried to get a season for the fans, but both sides just thought that it wasn't safe enough, and we really had to err on the side of safety and caution as opposed to getting this sport back together. That's going to be met with ridicule. It's going to be met with shock to some people, but others are just going to turn their back. If there was any ever a reason remaining to where you would say, that's it, I've had it, it would be 
at least the perception of being lied to by MLB. Just admit it. It's money. They couldn't come up with it. It doesn't have to fit in a nice 82-game compartment. You can think outside the box. Fake news next on the second level. So, can I ask you a question? Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. All right, how you feeling today, John? Uh, not bad, you know. I, I walked nine before the show. Got to listen okay. to the Jake Asman show featuring Ron Culver. That's right. I got to listen to one of the best back-and-forth arguments that I've heard in a while. And I'm still right. Yeah. You know, I've heard you and Tony talk for an extensive period of time. I, I have never heard you that agitated before. Not even uh, with yeah, me. I've, I get, I, every once in a while, I get but, agitated when I, when I want to drive that point home because my point was right, his was wrong. you got to include all 30 teams. I thought you were going to reach style. over. That made me so much fun. It felt like you were going to strangle the guy. I'd at have point. to go. I had to leave the studio, go into the next room over. It's just I wouldn't. That's Did you fun. toss your headphones at the break? Like, damn it all. No. Okay. I was I was smiling most of the time, though. I could see it. <laughs> I could actually hear you smiling oh, of course. on one of the points you made. That's why when I brought it up in the first hour, I was unsure. And you really got me at one point because I, I hear you talk, and I'm thinking, wait a second. I could see Ron smile as he says this, and then. He just kept berating him and berating him. And he kept coming back from where he's hanging out with you after the show. Uh, in fact, his stuff is still here. He has yet to leave. He's, I tell you, man. I, he's, I, not, he's not in the room, so maybe he's uh, doing an interview or something. I mean, but, he's doing something. I leave you know, before Jake has Maybe does. he's auditioning in for another studio. We don't know, any, we don't know anymore. All right, let's another, get going. Another network. Probably. <laughs> Uh, Washington, D.C. is going to oh, be the no. stop of our first fake news story. Oh, no. Okay. Washington, D.C. is on the verge of legalizing alcohol to go permanently. So there are already areas in this country where you can do that. I know. You Great can, state of Texas. Uh, you can just do a drive through right? You can. Hey, we have uh, not too far from my house. I mean, they're not all over the place. I don't want you to think that there's a, you know, they're as popular as McDonald's. But there's a few places. There's one not too far. Uh, I drive by it quite often when taking my son to baseball practice that I could, if if wanted to, stop in, uh, go through the drive through and just right. order a daiquiri to right. go. Now, a lot of these places that I've seen in the southeast allow you to drive up and push the button of what drink you want, yep. where you don't even need to talk to anybody. There's uh, also uh, drive through liquor stores. Yes. Where uh, you can drive through what looks like a big, gigantic barn. Yep. And there's aisles of alcohol on either side, and somebody will come out, grab it for you, hand it to you, you give them the money, and then you just drive. You don't even have to get out of your car. Scranton and a lot of places actually in PA have the same building except it's beer where you yep. drive your car in and then you yeah. get all the beer you want. So now we have we could potentially have this in DC where they make all the laws of the country. Well, didn't you already assume that at least half of the people I, making laws were belligerent drunk yes. anyway? Yes. Yeah, I always I have assumed this. That's why yes. I don't know if this is such a good thing. Well, it could be like a health where it's like, you know, because, during the you know, pandemic. You know, let me paint this picture for you because you know what's going to happen now. Congressman's going to you know, write a bogus law. 
He's going to stop in a uh, stop in or just be driving home and grabbing some alcohol and then cruising down the street. He's going to forget himself because that's not his first drink of the day. Right. And thinking that he's going home to his family when, in fact, he's going to his mistress. And that's going to cause a huge issue. Yes. Or he's going to be calling his wife to say he's on the way home. Or actually, he's going to be but thinking calling he's his calling mistress. his mistress or something, you know, something right. along those lines. Where we're just going to have more scandal. I mean, it's already a scandalous city anyways. No, I understand that. See, I thought maybe a different angle, which is if I'm a shady politician and I'm racing to get some shady either end of a pork bill or the actual bill itself passed, then I'm going to dip out real quick while somebody's filibustering, go to the drive through down the street, come back and get all the people who oppose me drunk. And just wear them out, that, that's or just that, bring liquor that, to the. Do that too, or just bring liquor to the party. Bring liquor to the party. You could be one of those guys every now and again, and actually bring something to the party, Ron. That's true. Don't have to be totally selfish, right? <laughs> I guess you. I, I guess so. All right, that's that's story one, and unfortunately, it's way too believable. Story number two. I'm going to give you a stat line here, a score line, if you will. You ready? Yes. Driver's windshield, one. Turtle, zero. Mm. That's the final score after a turtle slammed itself into a car windshield on a highway. How does a turtle get that high up? I have no idea. I'm thinking maybe it fell off a bridge or an overpass or something like that. Right, because there's no I'm surprised that the windshield didn't just shatter. But again... Because a turtle, I mean, that's, that's a hard shell, right? It is a hard shell, but right if you dropped it shell first and it landed on your windshield from a bridge, you would think it would crack. The at windshield, least, at least, right? This uh, windshield came away with nothing. But it's almost physically impossible for a turtle to be on the ground and you to be driving seventy seventy five on a highway, hit the turtle on the ground, and then it come up. Right? I mean, I don't know how that could physically work. How would a turtle? Like, it's not high enough off the ground. A human being, yes. Right? You would need some sort of leverage on the ground to upend, and the turtle's just too low to the ground. You just flatten it. Yeah. Or you'd bounce it like, you know, a video game, like Super Mario Brothers. Huh. It must have come from above. The turtle from above. And what kind of car? Do we know what kind of car this is? You want to talk about uh, I know, a they, commercial. A commercial and a half, right? Is it Eastern looks Motors like... going to use this for their commercial now? It's hard to tell. It's a white car. It's hard to tell what kind of car it is. Is it a Bronco? No. I mean, it's a, it's a car. It's a, it's not a SUV or anything like that. It's an actual. It's uh, wow. It looks like a, I would even say a sedan at this point. I would say it's some sort of two door. Hey, that is a commercial right there, ready to happen. If but the car... nowhere, nowhere they're identifying what kind of car it is. Got it. That, okay. They should though. I'm telling you. Come on, you can drive sales for that car to skyrocket right now. That's the whole commercial right there. Somebody, some two kids dropping a turtle off a bridge, yeah. and in showing you, it doesn't do anything to the windshield. All right, I love it. What's three? Uh, story number three: Stephen King has lit Twitter ablaze right now by posing one simple question. Uh, Assuming that Godfather and The Godfather 2 are the best, what are the other eight greatest gangster movies? And people can't get enough of this content. I think this is... Uh, I, think I this hope is, this is fake. I think this is quarantine. 
level, don't you? Yes. That Stephen King. I mean, I wouldn't even assume. I, I assume he likes gangster movies. But and you gangster would, books, isn't it an but, awkward thing in your head to picture Stephen King sitting down and watching Goodfellas? Yeah. Yeah, because all you're thinking about, like, all I'm thinking about is if I'm if I'm with him watching him, he's trying to find some way to kill someone in a right. in, a, in a dark, sinister way. That's not not over like the, the Nero. Top scary. Yes, it's not like the Nero putting a gun to your face. No, it's like no, no, no. Some animal that you've never. It's like that yeah. horse bat that you brought up the other day. That's coming out. Like that's something out of Stephen King's it, it would have been like hammerhead I bat. I wouldn't have used a bat. I wouldn't have used a gun. I would have had a clown come up from a sewer drain. Well, yes, but it's not a real bat, remember, or a regular bat. We're talking about a bat that looks like Joe Camel's face. Yes. Like, that's something out of Stephen King. Not a regular bat, no. Man, see, here's the thing. I hope that story is fake so we don't have to then talk about the eight greatest gangster movies and fall into the trap of being full-on quarantine. But my gut tells me that it's real. Although I haven't seen, like, I was on Twitter right before this segment Seeing if I would pick up on any trends, and I didn't see anything with Stephen King. I'm going to say story three. I'm going to stick to my gut, actually, and say story three is fake. Story three is fake? Yes. No. Damn it. Story two. Really? The turtle? I don't know any flying turtles. Well, no, I thought it was just dropped from a bridge. Like, I could see. I have no idea, man. You know how many times around the world somebody's standing on a bridge, spitting over the bridge on the turnpike? So I, I figured, all right, now you add a turtle to it. It made sense. Sure. I, well, I'll, 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 I'll go with you on that one. Story one, though, is real now. So Story one is real. So, um, yeah, D.C., uh, get be prepared. There could be legal alcohol coming. You're legal to go alcohol. And it does feel like D.C. is lagging, right, when you look at all the other states that have allowed this for years. Well, like, you know, I mean, that, I'm kind of new to it because, it, you know, California, Arizona, Hawaii, they don't have to go alcohol. You can't just drive through a, a convenient – you can't – I mean, obviously you can't have open container. That's across the United States. But you can't cruise through uh, – there's no to-go alcohol places that I've ever seen. And now you're in Houston, and, and it's now I'm in everywhere. Houston, and I mean it's you know seeing a drive-through liquor store is kind of the norm. Seeing this daiquiri place, like yeah, well, of course there's a daiquiri place. Surprise, it's not a margarita place. Yeah, good luck, DC. You're definitely going to need it now. All right, I guess we have to look at Stephen King's list coming up. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's The Second Level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, we're going to get to two things, and then Ron and I will look at this Stephen King tweet that has since been amended, and rightfully so. First, as this just came down, this is gigantic news for... Any type of contact sport in boxing, and especially the UFC, huge for Dana White and the UFC. The Nevada Athletic Commission has just approved the following events to take place in Las Vegas, and I'm reading this from Arash Markazi's Twitter account. May 30th, mark your calendars now. May 30th, UFC Fight Night. June 6th, UFC 250. And then June 9th and 11th will be top-ranked boxing events. So boxing is back, and more importantly, from a 
larger scale entertaining and betting standpoint, you have the return of UFC in a natural environment, which would be Las Vegas. And we needed the Nevada Athletic Commission to kind of catch up to where we see society, at least from the outside in Nevada and specifically Vegas. I know their mayor with their wacky plans there to reopen and do everything possible. And we're kind of waiting here in the Philly Atlantic City area for any type of go ahead with casinos. But as far as sporting events, that's still a distant future. I don't know if we're going to get a UFC event in Atlantic City anytime soon, or even Philadelphia for that matter, or here in Vegas. You know, you can locked in, and May 30th is three days. So UFC Fight Night approves it by the Nevada Athletic Commission. We now have locked in Fight Night in three days, and the continued success. I am a little hesitant because we don't have any real data. I don't think that's come in yet that's been built up. But so far, it seems like a resounding success with the UFC returning to business and doing everything possible to keep fighters safe and distant from each other until, of course, they hit the octagon. And there is nothing in this tweet or anything to follow that would suggest the any hotel, I would say, is offering the MMA-themed suite for couples on a weekend getaway like you can down in Brazil. So huge news for the UFC first and foremost Right around the corner is UFC 250, so two big cards as they've been continuing to welcome the sport back in major fashion with some huge names and some big fights, and it's paid off. I think from an entertainment standpoint, anybody who's watched the majority, if not all, of these fights, you've been rewarded. I don't think that there have been many, if at all, serious disappointments about a buildup for a fight, and then I still think people want to see Conor McGregor back at some point this year, but steps, and they're not even baby steps anymore. These are above toddler steps right now that both the athletic commissions in different states as well as what's happening with the individual sport like UFC, they're all taking. So that's one. The second is an article, say, not really a report, because some things are being reported in this, but it's mainly a think piece by Jason LaConfora on CBSSports.com. And it's something that, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we had it, I would talk. All of us, a lot of us, I know anybody who has had a vested interest in the XFL has brought up at some point over the last year that, really over the last couple of months, I mean calendar year since January, but over the last couple of months since this thing ended, that the NFL should be the primary buyer of the league that this should be assimilated into the NFL as a feeder league as one that you can really test out players to coaches right through officials because there isn't anything like this right now that exists and the platform is there we already see the NFL pinch things away mostly technological stuff but every now and again a rule here or there and while you still have a different league and it's still presented differently than the NFL. It's not copying and then pasting the NFL onto the XFL. You still have your own sense of a unique presentation of the product, but 
you are now owned and operate under the umbrella of the NFL. You don't have to worry about crazy old Vince McMahon, and you don't have to worry about stadiums and things to that nature of what are you going to do, where are you going to play. You also know that you're getting the marketing and financial arm of the NFL. Can't tell you that it's going to be to the full extent, but it's going to be a whole hell of a lot more of a kickback and a payback, or not payback, but it will be a lot more of a kickback and payoff of lining up with the NFL than you would get with the XFL, because even the WWE money and all the things Vince McMahon had coming in wasn't enough. So it does make sense, at least to me on the surface, where you can, as Jason Lockenfora said, address issues while championing player development and officiating development as well. That's something that we've been clamoring for for a while. Even the AAF, before it went flat, was something that we thought could turn into more of a feeder league. Hey, you've got a couple of big-name players in the XFL that were already brought on to NFL teams quarterbacks as well and that's a huge sign right there it doesn't mean that pj walker is going to play in carolina this year but it means that there is at least acknowledgement and acceptance of the skill set and the level of talent in the xfl to give them a shot and bring them on as a roster spot in the nfl so yes lock and fora like myself and countless of other people have been saying this for months now the xfl is 10 times better off without vince mcmahon with now the NFL overseeing and running it. Doesn't mean that Roger Goodell now has... You can still do this. We see this with the G League. We see this with other feeder leagues in sports, not even in this country. It can work successfully. You just have to line it up this way. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, 800-224-2004. All ways that you can interact with the program. It makes sense to me because the XFL was working. And you get countless reports now that come out following after the fact that say, well, everything is going to suffer a little bit of a decline when it comes to ratings. But for the most part, you had a couple of cities that were locked in for attendance that did not decline. And that was enough overall to capture an audience to say it's worth it moving forward. And let's be honest, if you change one of maybe two or three teams on the bottom and they get a little better, and they get more competitive, you're bringing in a bigger audience. That New York team was trash. Matt McGloin didn't know what the hell he was doing through three picks in like the span of six minutes. It was an awful start to a season, and that definitely is going to detract from fans who might be spending some time at an XFL game versus going shopping or redoing the deck. Stephen King, one of the stories that was real in fake news is this tweet that Stephen King put out. And I, I didn't see it. So you saw, I guess, Ron, the first tweet, and then realized, I guess King realized, that he had to switch things up really fast. Yeah, right? he had to modify the tweet because, I mean, it's, it's a clear obvious. If you're going to choose Godfather 1 and 2, it's beyond obvious what number 3 is. Is it an obvious choice of either 2 or maybe even both? Is that it? I mean, is that the only two you can go to? Can nobody make an argument that Goodfellas is above at least I'm, one of the Godfather I'm, movies? I'm going to make an argument that Goodfellas is above uh, both. Both. Hmm. Okay, I'm listening. I think there's more rawness in Goodfellas that, that you didn't see in uh, the Godfather. Godfather. Godfather One 
I mean, first of all, you got you got to look at them separate because they are two separate movies, obviously. But Godfather One is more just you know the the almost glorifies the peacefulness of mafia life. And yeah, sure, there's a few bad things every once in a while, but for the most part, you know, you just it's just a guy who makes tough decisions amongst his friends. I don't think it holds up, to be honest, nearly as well as Godfather Two. No, Godfather Two. I mean, because it's almost like, but that Godfather Two feels it's 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 large. It's a, well, it's an origin story. Yeah, and you go back to Michael in the army, and yeah, I mean, we you know, it's I. I'm not going to put it on the same parallel as a lot of these Marvel movies that we've had where it's been an origin story, but it kind of feels like it's an origin story. Well, yeah, but I, okay, so to be fair, I think that, and I hate to just be, you know, bashing on Marvel or anything, but I feel like, I feel like the origin, (laughs) that's fine. The or, I might hurt people's feelings. I see numbers dropping on the stream right now as I speak. Here's the (laughs) thing, though. I feel like we have totally killed. The origin story. Like, the origin story used to be something where if used few and far between could actually work, especially as a sequel. But now it's just justified to make another movie. Like, I guarantee you the 50th installment of Fast and Furious will go back and be an origin story of one of the main ten characters if they haven't done that already. Probably. You're probably right. So I wonder if you can appreciate it a little more knowing that it wasn't in an era that you are heavily inundated with these origin movies, origin stories. No, I, yeah. I, see, I would put, <laughs> I would put Godfather two above Good- Godfather. Oh yeah, but see, I would put Goodfellas above Godfather. Yeah. I think Godfather is overrated, to be honest with you, and I think the reason why people overrated is because it bore, it, you know, spurned Godfather two, which is an amazing masterpiece. And I mean, if you think about it, it probably spurned all these other gangster movies that are on this list. All right, so. Let's look at this. I'll throw a movie. Now I'm looking at different people's list. This isn't this isn't Stephen King. No, it's not. List. What's well? Let's look at King's. He doesn't have a. List. Oh, he just threw this thing he out threw there. Threw this out there. He said, "Hey, if if Godfather and Godfather are Godfather two are one and two in gangster movies, what are the rest of the eight? Then he modified that and go, okay, if Goodfellas is three, what are the rest of the seven? Okay, here's so a movie every, that I'm sorry. Everyone's just kind of jumping on board and they're just giving their top ten. Okay, and there's a pattern here where it's it's pretty similar what the movies are they're just in different orders just just save me anxiety and angst and really being upset for the rest of the day and tell me that the majority of people did not put road to perdition on there uh majority of people did not put road to okay. perdition on then there. i'm a happy man i have not thank you i'm actually looking to see i mean these are uh tom hanks as a gangster is a violation yeah these are all random people um all right, so let's uh, look at this. One person did say, damn, forgot about Road to Perdition. Yeah, it's Great good that movie. you forgot. It, trust me, it's a good thing. All right, let, let's Now, I'll, I do like, I, I want to highlight this one. Go ahead. This one guy, because I do like where he's going. He went with 12 movies. This is the Logical Optimist, which is at Optimist Logical. So he went to 12. He put Godfather, Godfather 2, 1, 2, 3, uh, Goodfellas. Number four for him was The Departed. Uh, it's too high, but okay. Number five is Casino. Number six, Once Upon a Time in America, the full cut yep, yep. version. Those, now, those are is, fine there. Now this is where I like his thinking, okay? Because he, you know, you're. It's good. It's tell me it he has changes. Dick Tracy on there. Number seven, Boys in the Hood. Uh yeah. I mean, 
it's such a liberal interpretation of gangster movie. Yeah, I know, but I kind of like that because, you know, then number eight, Eastern Promises. Number nine, uh, Menace to Society. Number 10, American Gangster. Okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I, think... was, I mean, he left off, you know, I mean, I guess he left off uh, some of the other ones that we. Yeah, he left off Scarface and Carlito's Way. Donnie Brasco. Yeah, I, I think. Now, Donnie Brasco. Uh, it's really hard to make a good movie that's based on a real story. And Donnie Brasco was insanely good. Yeah. I don't hate that list. I like the liberal interpretation of it. I do, too. I, I saw that. I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's a gangster movie. I mean, it's a different gangster. Now, what do you, how about this one? Reservoir Dogs. Uh, this one was popping up on uh, a lot of people's lists. Is that, is that a gangster movie to you? Uh, I guess technically it is a gangster movie, but I wouldn't put it... Uh, ahead of any of the movies I've heard so far, even The Departed, I wouldn't put it ahead of them. Yeah. I, I think I think it's I a good movie, but it's not top ten of all time. I, I'm with you. Uh, look at that. We'll end on an agree a rare agreement. A rare I didn't agreement. think based on how heated you were with Asmund, I didn't think I could get you to agree on anything today. Now that's something I heard on this morning show. Coming up, I heard something yesterday on pushing the odds with Matt Peralt, which you'll hear coming up at one o'clock Eastern across all network platforms. That I figured we would just go to the source and ask him about it coming up next. You're listening to the second level, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. Right, one quick thing. I'll, I'll just mention this. We don't need to go back and forth about it. We'll probably talk a little more about this tomorrow. But King of New York, Christopher Walken, that has to be on your top ten. It's his best top five role by a mile, and he dominates the screen. So yesterday, um, walking the dog, as I normally do in my routine, have the dog out, walking around the neighborhood, and in my ears, pushing the odds with Matt Peralt. And I heard Matt go on a rant early on in the show. And I have to be honest, brother, you know, like I, I am listening to the point where I'll be the annoying radio host that texts you every now and again. <laughs> I forgot I was listening to you. Why? Because, because you were ripping Tom Brady. Oh, and the yeah. only conclusion I could come up with is that if this man were still wearing 12 for the Patriots, you would have said, oh, no, he's an eight handicap. He just had a bad day and all these other things. You tore into Brady like I've never heard before, Matt. It was embarrassing. I mean, who in their right mind said Tom Brady should be out there playing golf? And why did Tom Brady? I mean, as, as I said it yesterday. If you want to tell me that Tom Brady is a good golfer, my question to you is this. What good golfer on a par four, 505-yard hole in the rain hits three wood? I and thought it was the a most four hybrid. That, that's the most bush <laughs> league, 15 handicap. And, oh, by the way, he put it in the woods. He didn't even hit it in the, in the fairway. He could not even hit the fairway with, with a three wood. And, reportedly, he didn't bag a driver no. in the rain. Now, for just a 7, be yard hole. Are you kidding me? That's the biggest embarrassing thing. Brady will never live that down. In Look my at mind. you, though. You've never called him Bush League before in your life. Admit I would that. Rip him, if he was a Patriot player right now, I would say the exact same thing. No he way. He embarrassed himself and whatever franchise he's playing for, which is the Buccaneers right now, in good riddance. They can have him. The retirement in Tampa has already started. I love you, man, but I don't believe a word of that. If he were a Patriot, you'd be defending him to the day you die. That's Matt Peralt. He's next.